Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. We begin this brand new week with an important Bible in the News report from Marvin McIlvaney, and we begin a brand new series looking inside the disturbing world of hybrids and super soldiers with Billy Crone. Part of our mission at Watchmen on the Wall is to keep you informed with world events through a biblical lens. Prophecy in the News magazine helps you do just that. This month's issue features insight on the ongoing war against Ukraine and its prophetic implications. Make sure you subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine today. With your subscription, you get a print and online version of the magazine and access to our online streaming platform, FaithNet TV. Call today and subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine, 1-800-652-1144 or go to our website, swrc.com. Super soldiers? Human-genetic hybrids? Sounds like science fiction. Unfortunately, the evidence suggests otherwise. Billy Crone comes now to equip you and I with the scientific evidence and biblical warnings from God concerning this modern-day annihilation of virtually all life forms on the planet. Right now, there are men in laboratories who are altering the DNA of humans through genetic engineering. Which makes me ask the question, if human DNA is altered or combined with animal DNA, is it still human? Joining me today to answer that question is Pastor Billy Crone. Pastor Billy is a frequent guest on our show, and he is one of America's best Bible teachers. He is the senior pastor of Sunrise Bible Church in Las Vegas. He is also the founder of Get a Life Ministries. Today, he is here to talk about hybrids, super soldiers, and the coming genetic apocalypse. Pastor Billy, welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall. Well, hey, thanks again for having me. It's always a treat. Well, you have produced a 16-DVD documentary. This is different than a lot of what you've done in the past, titled Hybrids, Super Soldiers, and the Coming Genetic Apocalypse. And you open this video with a clip that discusses the probability of nanobots being able to actually reset a person who was, say, 100 years old to the age of 20. Now, this technology sounds like science fiction, but it's not, is it? No, it's not only not science fiction, but what people need to realize is it's not even coming, it's already here. And if you want to get even more advanced with it, it's already being interspersed on the human population in a multitude of ways. And that's really the bombshell. And, of course, the reason why we need to be equipped with it is this is not only going to, if these people have their way, they're not only going to radically alter the human race. In their own words, we want to alter the human race so that we become, this is their words, not mine, a post-human species. And that's just basically a fancy way of saying you're no longer a human. And it sounds crazy, but this is really what's going on. And, of course, what we deal with is, okay, why do we need to know about that? Well, there's the danger that I just described right there. But also, believe it or not, a lot of people don't realize this. This was actually a warning from Jesus 2,000 years ago in the Bible that it's a sign he's getting ready to come back. And you see that in Matthew 24, right? And Jesus, he calls out specifically, he says, how do you know it's getting close to his second coming at the end of the seven-year tribulation? when he renovates the planet to garden eden like conditions, puts down all the rebellious behavior that we're talking about and dealing with today, he said it's going to be as it was in the days of Noah, right? So shall it be, not maybe not might, at the coming of the Son of Man. 
And so when you take a look at the biblical account there, what Jesus said, okay, how do you know it's getting close? Well, you got to find out what was going on in Noah's day. And in that text there in Matthew 24, he tells us one aspect that was going on in Noah's day, and it was a lackadaisical attitude in light of coming judgment from God because of sin. And they were like, yeah, who cares? You know, it's just they were giving in marriage and, and working and business as usual and that mentality, and so he mentions that aspect. And frankly, Pastor Collins, as you know, that's exactly what we're dealing with today. In light of God's next coming judgment, the seven-year tribulation, What's people's attitude? Oh, come on, you wacko Christians. I don't want to listen to you. You're not one of those, are you? I, I got stuff to do. I got to go to work tomorrow. You know, business as usual. So that attitude was the same attitude as Noah, and it's here. Then if you want more aspects of what's going on in the days of Noah to see if it's being repeated, then you go back to the Genesis 6 account, which is, gives us even more. And then you see two more things there. You see one, you see it says, the heart of man was continually wicked. And it said there that it grieved the heart of God. And you're thinking, like, well, are we there today? Well, folks, let's be honest. Every day it seems like our planet is getting more and more wicked and perverse. You can't even go outside with the billboard or the media or whatever. It's just wickedness. So I think that one's already here as well. But it's the third one, and this is basically what the documentary brings out in massive detail. It's the third one that people kind of skip over there in Genesis 6, and they go, they, just, they don't even deal with it, but it's a huge sign that we're in the last days. And there was a hybridization that was going on with humanity in the days of Noah, and that's when the fallen angels, the sons of God, were mingling with the daughters of men, and there was a hybrid that was produced called the Nephilim, and the things of that nature, and people are like, well, is, is that a literal text? Yeah. But the point is, Mankind was being hybridized out, meaning that you're no longer human, and basically that was the last straw. And it said there that God literally did a restart on humanity. The only people that survived that time was Noah and his family, eight people, and the animals that he brought on the mark for the purpose of restarting humanity and the animal kingdom. And that was it. And you're like, wait a second, is, is that really going on? Yes, and that's what we talk about. These guys are repeating the hybridization of humanity. And dare I say, it's even worse than that. It's all of life. Plants, insects, animals, humans. They're even co-mingling, intermingling humans with animals. And again, I'm telling you folks, it's not coming. It's already being done. Let me read Leviticus 19.19. There the Bible says, Ye shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Isn't that a clear warning from God for mankind not to create hybrids? Yeah, you would think that the Genesis account, and then God having to hit basically a restart button with humanity, only eight people survive because mankind had become polluted at that point in life. You'd think that would get people's attention. But here he is, you have 900 years, only approximately 900 years after the flood that you see in Leviticus, that warning from God, again, don't mix his creation. And basically, that's what's going on. And again, as you mentioned there, God mentions animals, and he also mentions uh, plants in that text. And folks, again, that's not coming. That's already being done, right? They are already mixing just about every kind of animal and plant that you can think of, again, even the insect kingdom, right? In fact, let me just give you a couple examples of that behavior. Speaking of plants, obviously plants and animals are something we should be concerned about because that is something that we ingest. And so that's the big question. Okay, maybe they haven't got me to go into a laboratory to genetically modify me as a human into something that's not human. But what if I ingest a genetically modified plant? 
or animal? Could that affect me genetically? And the answer is yes. And we interview on this documentary actual geneticists who are in this field, and they tell us that this is really a danger that nobody's talking about. But there's many different ways that people not only can, but are already being modified, right? And again, it could be because you're genetically eating something, a plant or animal that's been genetically modified that then modifies you. In fact, listen to this. This is a direct quote from Consumer Reports. And this is not a Christian organization that you could say, well, you Christians are always against technology and blame everything on the devil. No, this is from Consumer Reports. And listen to what they said. Quote, pretty much every food sample that they tested contained GMOs, including things like breakfast cereals, baby formulas, veggie burgers, and popular chip brands, etc., etc. So basically, we're already eating this genetically modified stuff. And we don't know how long you can keep doing that before the proverbial eclipse happens, you know. How much can you do before you're no longer humans? Well, let me give you a couple other examples that, again, maybe they don't get you to go into a laboratory to genetically modify you, but because they're modifying other things, you can still be genetically modified. Another one, and this is a big one. This one shocked me in the research. Then it began to open up a light bulb moment for me. Okay, because I'm like, why, why is it that they are so radically quick to accept and legalize marijuana? Well, one, it's a big tax thing. They make a lot of tons of money off of it, number one. Number two, watch this, and this is a direct quote. Addictive behaviors with substances like marijuana can not only alter your DNA, but your future offspring as well. Wow. So if you were a transhumanist and you wanted to alter the human species and trick people into do that, then certainly you would legalize things that if they ingest, like marijuana, that would begin that alteration process. It's nuts. And then, of course, the big elephant in the room is what? And I quote, vaccines can definitely alter your whole genetic makeup, whether you want it or not. So, again, plants and animals, certainly that's been going on for quite some time. And, again, it's a dangerous thing. Why did God warn about it? Well, because, again, you tweak with his design. He knows what he's doing. He's God. He gets it perfect every single time. You mess with it, and it's going to mess everything up. And that's what we're seeing. You know, go back to the plants issue. Right? These guys are just wicked. They not only want to you know, genetically modify your corn and every, you know, stuff that you ingest, they actually want to modify plants, like trees. And you think, well, what's the big deal? Why do I got to worry about trees being modified? Well, listen to what they want to do with them. They want to genetically modify trees so that they can make them glow in the dark. And you're like, well, why would they do that? And here's their justification. Because if we can make glow-in-the-dark trees, then we can get rid of streetlights. And if we get rid of streetlights, then that's going to lower the carbon footprint and help them save electricity and fossil fuel. It's nuts, right? Then not only that, they want to make trees. And folks, they're not going to. They're already doing it. They're called transgenic trees. But in Brazil, they're already doing trees that, quote, produce 20% more wood than a normal tree that God designed. And you think, well, that's not bad. Well, keep going. They also want to, again, to supposedly save the environment, you know, the lie of climate change. They want to create trees, watch this, that boost the absorption of carbon dioxide from the air by about 12% to aid in the fight against greenhouse gas emissions. So now you're altering trees. Folks, think about what we're talking about here. They're going to literally begin to alter the atmosphere. That's kind of dangerous. That's what we use to breathe. Are you kidding me? 
right? And then they admit, watch this, there's always the danger, certainly with plants, and not just trees, but any crop that they produce, including corn and everything else. But there's always the danger of what's called cross-pollinization, and not just from the wind, but also from bees that then go from that tree that's been turned into something else, and they can go and, and they could spread. So if you start with these trees that alter the atmosphere by 12%, which, believe you me, is finely tuned by God, right, and then it begins to spread to other trees and plants and it starts to mess with that, we're toast, right? And that's just one example. And then they also, they have an example, they've created what's called gene sprays. Now, this is crazy. Gene sprays are basically, if you can imagine like a crop duster going over, you know, let's say this field of corn or whatever, and we're used to that. They've been doing that for decades. And they put pesticides on it in one fell swoop with a couple passes of an airplane, and it gets rid of all the bugs, right? Well, they want to develop gene sprays where they put them in the same planes or use drones, and they basically pitch it like this, quote, you don't like the look of your roses that you're growing, including your garden, let alone if it's a big crop. They said you can use a gene spray that, listen, changes the color of the flowers by silencing certain genes, right? In fact, Monsanto, a big food producer, is already developing these gene silencing sprays that you sprayed over a plant, and it basically will literally change the color in a very quick amount of time. You're saying, well, wait a second. So if you could make a spray, and then you could make it into an aerosol, and then you could spray it from above on plants and automatically alter them very quickly, their genome, to the point where they even change color, wait a second, what would happen if you did that to animals or humans? And I got to think about this, and I'm not saying thus says the Lord, but knowing these transhumanists and their wicked desires to create a post-human species, and also their desire to depopulate the planet on purpose, I began thinking, is this the reason why, Pastor Collins, why we were seeing such a huge resurgence of these zombie movies? Have you noticed that? I mean, they're everywhere. They are. It's like, I remember, and it's crazy to me, I'm going like, there's zombie shows, there's zombie movies, there's zombie carnivals, there's zombie festivals, there's zombie costume parties. It's like, that was the dumb movies back in the 60s and 70s or back in the 50s with the, the black and white TV and right up there with not only the zombies but the, the mummies. Oh, I'm going to get you, eat your brain. It's like, why are they so popular today? Why are they pushing that? Sounds a little like science fiction, but you reveal that in 2011, the CDC actually published a plan for the public to equip themselves for a zombie apocalypse? What is that all about? Well, not only they, but so did the Pentagon. And you're like, why would the Pentagon have a zombie apocalypse plan? Well, maybe because you're trying to prepare for something that can happen, whether it be accidental or on purpose, right? And so go back to the gene silencing spray. So you admit that you have the ability to genetically alter plants with a spray that you could do from above. Well, again, what if these guys wanted to do that to humanity and maybe, let's say, it went wrong, or maybe that's what they want to do on purpose to kill people. What would that do in mass to people? Folks, I'm telling you, I think, I'm not saying thus says the Lord, but based on the information, I think that, once again, Hollywood, zombie movies, zombie this, is preparing the population for an outbreak that is going to be caused in mass on humans, and people are going to be turned into zombie-like creatures. It sounds crazy, but this is the kind of wickedness that caused God to judge the planet the first time. And Jesus said, when you see it happen on the planet again a second time, his second coming is getting really close. Pastor Billy, what is CRISPR technology? CRISPR is basically, it's an acronym. 
C-R-I-S-P-R. It stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. So basically, it's a fancy way of saying this. It is the technology that was developed, admitted anyway, back in 2012, and it gives these same people, scientists, transhumanists, the ability to literally alter people's DNA down to the individual DNA strand level. So with CRISPR, you can go in, and this is their analogy. They said it's like film strips. Like if you got a movie, and in the old days, it didn't have a film strip, and they go back on the editing board, and let's say you didn't like a particular scene, and so what you do is you cut out that scene, that piece of the film strip, and then you would glue it together, and then that's how you edited films back in the day. They said, well, now CRISPR allows them to do that to the genome of anything, whether it be a plant, an animal, insect, or humans, and they can slice and dice the DNA. They could literally take out an individual strand of DNA and splice it back together again. And they can take out an individual strand of DNA and insert it with another piece of DNA from something. And they're just mixing and matching. It sounds crazy, but this is the stuff that's going on. And in fact, the inventor of it, the co-inventor, her name was Jennifer Dow, she said after she invented this to where they can genetically alter the DNA down to that level, she said she had a dream. And the dream was Hitler came to her with a pig nose and it freaked her out. And she woke up in a fright and said, what have I done? And I'm thinking, again, I'm not saying that, say, Lord, but maybe that dream was from God. <laughs> mm. Because what these people are now doing with CRISPR is they are using it to alter humans, adults, babies, plants, animals, and they're combining humans with animals. And again, how far can you keep doing this? And this is their words. They kind of laugh tongue-in-cheek. Uh, if we keep this up, then are they really human anymore? It's nuts, but this is the stuff that's going on. In fact, watch this. I'm not joking. This is from Jennifer Dowman. They admit that, yeah, they can take on an individual strand of DNA, right, and they can put it back together again, right? And that person, plant, animal, whatever, is forever altered moving forward, including their germline, i.e. their proxy after that. But they said this. They're learning that the DNA structure that God created is so complex Right? They may be able to take out an individual strand that could ultimately lead the person getting cancer. That's how they justify it. See, now they can't get cancer. But they admit, okay, I just took out that one negative thing, but it's so complex, that one negative thing that I just took out with CRISPR, that I can't put back in, by the way, also does 13 positive things that you need. But, oops, too late. You already took it out. This is what they admit that they're doing. And yet they're still marching forward to it, total rebellion, playing God, and it's the same society that Jesus said is going to come back, like the days of Noah, right before he comes back and sets it straight. Pastor Billy, it's great to have you on the program today. I look forward to continuing this conversation next time. Amen. Thank you. These grotesque and bizarre endeavors might be news to you, but they're not to God. He actually warned us in the Bible some 2,000 years ago that they were a clear sign that Jesus Christ was getting ready to come back to this planet to judge and put a stop to all this wicked rebellion. Time for humanity is simply running out. Hybrids, super soldiers, and the coming genetic apocalypse is one study you can't afford to ignore. Get your copy today before it's too late. Order Hybrids, Super Soldiers, and the Coming Genetic Apocalypse by Billy Crone when you call 1-800-652-1144 or order online, swrc.com. 
over 32 hours of information and insight. So be sure and order today. 1-800-652-1144. Friends, what happens if you and your family refuse to bow to the LGBTQ agenda? Well, if you live in Florida, your kids may go hungry. Here's Marvin McIlvaney with the details in today's Bible in the News report. You know, the money you have in your wallet really doesn't have any value. It's only worth what the government says it's worth. And it's morally neutral. It's neither good or bad. The devil uses money to lure us and entice us into doing things we probably shouldn't do. The lure of easy money like selling drugs or gambling or prostitution. When that happens, money becomes powerful in a negative way. The devil wants you to fall in love with money. So you will become a slave to money rather than its master. The other side of the coin, speaking of money, is when we use money as a tool to invest in God's kingdom, then money becomes a powerful tool of good. Giving to your church or giving to help the homeless or giving to things like St. Jude's where they take care of sick children. Those are the good things money can do. The Bible says a lot about money. In fact, there are more than 2,300 verses on money, wealth, and possessions. Jesus spoke about money roughly 15% of his preaching and 11 out of the 39 parables. It was his most talked about subject. Why is that? Maybe because we all know money is necessary for survival. In order to eat or to have a place to live or see a doctor and stay healthy, have a car, whatever, you're going to need some form of currency. Wanting money because you need it is not wrong. But how much we want money is important because How much we think about it will impact how we behave when we do have it. In other words, when we hoard money, when we think we better not buy a cup of coffee or leave a tip or or we're jealous because someone has a lot of money, or if we spend money we don't have and we have lots of debt, then there's a good chance we've been seduced and are a slave to money. Jesus tells us quite plainly in Matthew 6.24, No man can serve two masters. For he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. The word mammon here used in the New Testament is commonly thought to mean money, material wealth, or anything that promises wealth, and it's associated with the greedy pursuit of money. Why would Jesus make such a harsh and uncompromising statement? Because he knew that our relationship with God would be deeply affected by our relationship with money. If we worry about money, then we won't be trusting God. If we are chasing after money, then it's pretty obvious that we are not chasing after God. When you look at the Apostle Paul, you can see he wasn't a monk. He didn't give up all his possessions and sit on a mountain. He never said you must completely reject money. But he did say in 1 Timothy 6, 17-19, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. God, he says, richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Enjoyment does not mean doing whatever we want kind of living. He's not saying we should all just eat, drink, and be merry. The reason everything may be enjoyed lies in the fact that everything, including someone's wealth, is a gift from God. Everything is an expression of God's generosity. Our interaction with money should begin with acknowledging that everything belongs to God. We read that in Psalm 24.1. 
When we honor the Lord with our wealth, we demonstrate that we can trust Him. In return, He promises to take care of us. We read that in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Do you know someone, or are you someone that can never get enough? We read in Ecclesiastes 5.10, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. In other words, if you love silver, you will never have enough silver. If you love having a bunch of stuff, you will never have enough stuff. Look at Adam and Eve. They were in a perfect garden. Everything they wanted was at their disposal. Then the devil came along and said, Wait, you can have more stuff. You can actually be like God. Why weren't they satisfied with what they had? We read in 2 Timothy 3.4 that in the last days, some people would be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. It also says they will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. The increasing selfishness of the last days will be obvious in selfish people, and those selfish people will consequently result in damaged families. People will focus less on their loved ones. Their time, energy, and passion will be tied up in themselves. And the more broken families you find in a society, the more broken that society will be. One of the most common complaints of people who do not go to church is that the church is always after their money. Sometimes that complaint is justified. There are ministries who teach that you can manifest your own wealth by giving them money, and they guarantee that God will bless you because of it. Money is always in the news. Someone is either withholding it or demanding someone give it. For example, the Biden administration and the Florida Agriculture Commissioner are threatening to pull lunch money from a Tampa, Florida Christian school over its biblical stance on marriage and sexuality. Students at Grant Park Christian Academy in Tampa receive free meals from the school's lunch program through the Federal National School Lunch Program administered by Florida Commissioner Nikki Freed, according to the lawsuit. But Freed is now telling the school it must comply with a Biden administration interpretation of Title IX, a 1972 law that prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex. The Biden administration interprets Channel 9 as also prohibiting discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Based on this redefinition, Commissioner Freed is poised to block Grant Park's Academy's funding for school lunches this year. Commissioner Freed's office gave the school one option when the school objected to violating its religious beliefs. Quote, your school is not required to participate in the National School Lunch Program. The school, according to the lawsuit, serves children from a low-income minority community in Tampa. For many children at the school, the lunch they eat is the best meal they eat all day, and sometimes it's the only meal. Money is a powerful tool. When the government dictates that children will go hungry, if a Christian school does not teach that men can marry men and women can identify as a man, it is another sign of the end times. Ultimately, we have to turn to God for the answer. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Our featured resource today is Billy Crone's massive DVD series entitled Hybrids, Super Soldiers, and the Coming Genetic Apocalypse. In this series, Billy Crone seeks to equip you with the scientific evidence and biblical warnings from God concerning this modern-day annihilation of virtually all life forms on the planet.
This exhaustive study is over 32 hours long on 16 DVDs. Order Hybrid Super Soldiers and the Coming Genetic Apocalypse today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.